This podcast is sponsored by YMSE Real Estate Group, offering a tailor-made service, versatility and expertise for all your real estate needs. Are you thinking about selling, buying, investing or having your properties managed? For more information, check our website, www.yycrealestategroup.com. We are passionate about real estate and we love to support local businesses. We hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Cheers. Who we have on the podcast? How the hell are you, folks? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Dad? Not a hell of a lot. How are you? Good. What are we getting into today? Exactly. A little bit of whiskey and e-commerce? It's pretty good. I like the honey. It goes back pretty smooth. Uh, it actually is, yeah. Like, especially even if you slam it. Yeah, I'll, I'll slam some shit. No, I don't want to slam I'll fucking slam it. I haven't had lunch yet. They, they, they will be wasted. Yeah, I could get really red. Yeah. I'll be shit canned. <laughs> I haven't had lunch either. I'll get shit canned right quick. No partial sense today, we, we, boys. We, we, we got some. Well, I could wrap it up. We got a bunch of stuff to wrap up before. Uh, yeah, I got to get some work. Yeah, we, we have like. But we'll go out after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds good. What do you mean wrapped up? We got, we got, we got like, a, a few listings to just check over. Before. You guys are so mature, it's unreal. Just, I, <laughs> we have to, man. I feel like if I had that kind of dedication to my life, I'd actually be getting somewhere. <laughs> mature. Yeah. I need a schedule. You do? I, yeah. just, sh- I just showed him my calendar, and I'm yeah, like, dude, you need... Mine. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, you, I'd show you my calendar, but I don't have one. Dude, you, you need one, man. It's I do. a game changer. I it's need structure in my life. Yeah. Whitney showed me her calendar. I was like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> she gets up i got this time booked for this thing i'm like i'm just gonna send it today mine's are yeah mine's like down to the 30 minutes 15 minutes like yeah. in between i have to schedule everything otherwise my life's fucked <laughs> well i imagine yeah especially with dealing with people all the time yeah um do you schedule in free time yeah i do i schedule in free time first yeah it's most important and then i schedule yeah. my life my work life around my free time i feel like that's very wise yeah I, mm-hmm. I, i've been trying to schedule my free time and uh, it keeps getting taken up by work. <laughs> you got to set boundaries. You got to well, set boundaries, yeah. bro. I'm like, no working Sundays. And it's like, all right, we could slip this in, slip it in. But That's where I'm at when yeah. I get carried away. I either I go too far to one side and I'm working all the time. And I'm trying to figure something out. Mm-hmm. And I don't schedule any fun time. Then I get burnt out. Mm-hmm. Or it's the other way. I do nothing. And then I get, you know, nothing done. Yeah. I, have, I mean, I get fun stuff done. Cars. I get cars done. <laughs> yeah. I don't even get that done. I literally just got my car started last week yeah. when that weather was nice. Is that the hot rodded one? The Integra, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like... You have like three of those, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah which one though? <laughs> oh, that, that type of The one you drive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The one yeah. that you're wearing. Yeah. But like I was trying to get that on the road last weekend when it was like nice out mm-hmm. and then I like missed it and just fucking snowed this whole week. Like, you're probably better off though. Yeah. I took my Cobra out for a drive and there was rocks everywhere. Yeah, that's that's the other thing too. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Totally. Well, let's... Should I? Should we have an introduction for you, or or what? Yeah, go through. Well, let's let yeah, let's let's get it going. <laughs> well, are we not going? We're going, but, but uh, we need some. Who are you? We need some introduction here, man. What's the best um, way to describe me? Well, I I was saying we should be. It'll be part of the podcast on how to introduce you. So, first of all, let's welcome Tanner O'Crane. Well, how it? <laughs> The, the the realest Canadian that you'll ever meet. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Fairly Canadian. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, we welcome Tanner O'Crane. Um, you know, we didn't really know how to introduce him. He does a lot of do e-commerce mostly. Yeah, ninety nine percent e-commerce. Ninety nine percent e-commerce, and um, we actually worked with Tanner. Was that a year ago? Two year two years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Found me my dream home. Found you your dream home. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's what I love about real estate. We get to meet different types of people, I would mm-hmm. say, right? Yeah. I think there's people from all walks of life. Exactly. I feel like it's uh, good to just meet people that do different things. And I think that's kind of how we got into the podcast stuff is um, just like the amount of businesses clients actually own and operate. Right? Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. No, I know it's um it's been a cool thing learning about real estate and trying to uh, find investment properties and I'm starting small at it right now, but the community I've started to kind of get on with here with it is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just, I mean, it's really cool. You're meeting a lot of people with different goals, but it's all kind of the same thing at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. It is. Yeah. A. A. <laughs> There's that Canadian stuff. There's that Canadian A. <laughs> Can't hold that back. <laughs> um, but yeah, tell us, uh, 
Um, I think at one point you said you were rated top 500 Amazon seller. I didn't even know there was a ranking. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how the ranking works, but when I started, I was definitely top five. I want to say I was like under top 100, but mm -hmm. um, I can't remember. I was up there somewhere, mm -hmm. and then this was when it was lucrative, and no one else yeah. really was selling. Like, there was people selling online, but... Mm -hmm. It was like witchcraft then, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Closer to the mic? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there. That's a lot better. Bahar. Yeah. <laughs> Back it up, Terry. Um, yeah, I feel like it was uh, it was so new then. This was probably about seven years ago mm -hmm. that it was easy to rank. I mean, we were pushing a lot of volume, but nothing compared to what some people are now. Mm -hmm. I mean, you say now are pretty irrelevant, but mm -hmm. at the time, yeah, I was definitely top something. Mm -hmm. It was kind of cool to see, but it, you would just like do a Google search and you would type in your storefront name mm -hmm. and it would tell you kind of where you were at. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what they call it though. So what type of e-commerce do you do? Cause I know there's like a, a lot of different types. There's uh drop shipping. There's arbitrage, arbitrage. arbitrage arbitrage retail arbitrage i'm the arbitrage guy yeah, yeah there's a there's drop a, yeah, yeah drop shipping's like um it's real i mean i've learned ways to do and i've had a bit of success with launching my own product a couple products out of four of them one of them was pretty successful mm -hmm. but as far as a drop shipping point i mean i kind of still had it come to me and then i would push it out you know, I inspect it myself, but the idea of drop shipping is that you, you don't touch it. Mm -hmm. You just, you know, the, you get the man, yeah, you get a hold of the manufacturer and they send it out, but you can have a pretty good turn back rate for that kind of stuff though. Oh yeah. Cause of quality, right? Yeah. So you're supposed to pull back every, you know, five shipments and check it like your first one, then your fifth one, your 10th one, mm. and just keep an eye on things. But I mean, the first one and the second one we ever pulled back, each one of them had products with like missing charger cables in it or things like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so I haven't done too much of that. It's mostly just arbitrage, which is making um, a profit between two margins or two uh, markets. Mm -hmm. It's like the U S and Canada. So we flip a lot of things from Canada to the U S and then vice versa. Mm. There's so many other countries you can sell into like UK yeah. and Mexico. You're almost like collecting on the exchange of it. Yeah. And the discount that you're getting on that margin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, the supply and demand thing, right? Mm -hmm. things they don't have in the States that we have here. And then the exchange rate, you kind of work all the numbers and yeah. see if it's feasible to ship it down there and sell it. Um, it's same with the Canadian stuff right now though, because Amazon.ca is becoming so much bigger than it used to be. Mm -hmm. They used to be so irrelevant. It was so far, so much farther behind the U S stuff, but now it's because you want that mic closer, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now that it's becoming so much more relevant, um, you can actually make the difference up from the States and importing into Canada. Mm -hmm. It's just finding a way to get it into here. Cause not many people, offer that service. Yeah. Cause I feel like there's a lot of products in the U S that you can't even get in Canada that people want. Right? Tons. Same so. with us. Like I've, I literally sell like some candies and chocolate bars what? that yeah. People go nuts for down there. They just, what? they don't, they don't have it. Right. It's like ketchup chips. That's yeah. There you go. Ketchup <laughs> chips. I don't have ketchup chips on there. They don't have ketchup chips in the United States. What? I don't know if that's true. <laughs> don't quote us on that. No. I'm pretty sure right. it's a thing though. Yeah. Because I know you could you could buy like Lay's ketchup chips here for like what, three bucks a bag, yeah, and you can sell them down there for like yeah. it was like thirty or forty bucks a bag. They don't have what? The, they don't have the same type of chips that they do everywhere. Like even yeah, in the crazy. UK, like you can't get like Lay's. Uh, I think it's called Walkers in the UK. Yep, they have totally different flavors that you cannot get here in Canada. I know, like the shrimp cocktail. That it's one's nuts. fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> can't say I've ever tried it. It's so good. Um, you can't get Clamato juice. In the States. I know that for sure. Because it's a Canadian thing, eh? Uh, yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so that you might have just told me another product I could possibly Yeah, <laughs> Clamato, because uh, every time we went to Vegas, they never had it. It was, they, they call it a Bloody Mary. V8 mm, probably yeah. they have or something. No, like it's that. literally tomato juice. Oh. They call that a Caesar. They're just squeezing oh. tomatoes out in front of you. Seriously, I'm like, this, <laughs> this is not a, you guys have no idea what a real Caesar is yeah. right down there. Because Clamato's got clam juice in it or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't know what the rules and regulation is, but yeah, they definitely, they might now, I don't know, but. Their like, darts down there are yeah. a different ball game. Yeah. Cigarettes up here. That's <laughs> 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 we're calling them darts, but yeah. um, down there, I mean, they just have like really kind of gross cigarettes. Mm -hmm. There's some good ones, don't get me wrong, but we have the flavors up here. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Then you go to Mexico, that's where it gets good. <laughs> that's where the darts are. Premium. <laughs> Primo darts. <laughs> you got them camel cherry ones, you oh. break the thing, it just tastes like cherry or grape. We don't have that here anymore. Regulations. Are you allowed to flip flip cigarettes though? I don't know. No. I don't think you can. No. I don't think I can flip yeah. tobacco. I think there's a certain licensing for that. Yeah. But I mean, I thought that for groceries as well as well in the beginning, but mm -hmm. here I am flipping groceries. So I don't know. Maybe there's That's some crazy. door there, a loophole or approval you have to have. I'm not sure.
Yeah, because I feel like there's probably a lot of Canadians down there that want just like Canadian things that they're working down there and they want their cigarettes from here, like Canadian classics or something, right? (laughs) When I go down there, I'm like, I'm on vacation because I don't smoke much. But when I when I'm on vacation, I'm smoking, I'm drinking, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I'm down there and I'm like, you got Marlboros, okay, whatever. They're like two dollars a pack. (laughs) I'll smoke them, but (laughs) they're not good. (laughs) They're not that good, no. (laughs) Like I said, Mexico, different story though. You're smoking cherries, camel cherries on the beach. They're good. (laughs) Are you are you selling in Mexico too? No, I should no. be though. I've I've contemplated it in the past. Can yeah. you from Amazon? Yep. Yeah. Oh shit. You sell it everywhere in Amazon. Is it, is yeah, you right? do whatever you yeah. want. Yeah. I know a guy who does uh, Mexico, Canada, UK, um, the US, uh-huh. and whatever other market. He's like in all of them. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. crazy. So, so the way you're doing most of your sales is uh, arbitrage. Is that right? Or yeah. are you? Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. I'm FBA fulfilled by Amazon, and then okay. arbitrage is my I guess my game. Yeah, it's yeah. just. For, the, for those people that don't know, what is FBA? Fulfilled by Amazon. So basically Amazon has all these warehouses across the U.S. You ship your product to them mm-hmm. and they take care of all the distribution for you basically. Mm-hmm. So you get the product, you send it to them. That's why drop shipping works so good. Because yeah. if you actually have a good end with a manufacturer and you're able to success, successfully brand a product, you can just have it drop shipped to them. They take care of everything for you. Mm-hmm. But you pay your fees for that, right? Yeah, it's like having an employee working for you for like, Five bucks an hour, let's say. Yeah, because they charge a percentage just to store it and mm-hmm. all that stuff to handle the shipping. And Storage everything. fees are a new thing that weren't a thing when I started. Oh. Yeah, it was like, it was a free world back then. Like you could just list any product you wanted at any time, but then the counterfeit stuff got out of control and they had to start regulating things. And now it's like when people say, hey, can I start an Amazon? It's like, well, it's not like it used to be. So I don't know what kind of advice to give you because mm-hmm. – now you have to get ungated in a lot of categories, which means you have to have good suppliers and trustworthy mm. people who are selling you the products that you are now selling to through Amazon. Quality. Quality, yeah. So there's these little, like, say, for example, for selling in the entertainment DVD category, mm-hmm. that's a hard one to get approved in, but you have to, because you have to have a supplier that is legit and trusted because there's such a big surge in counterfeit DVDs in the past, like probably five years mm-hmm. that they just had to start gating people. But I'm grandfathered into all that because I've been selling since day one and I've built a feedback with, and uh, you know, a trusting relationship with Amazon. That's, so that's sweet. Yeah. It's kind of a cool thing. Some people are like, how can I sell? I'm like, Different ball game. I don't know what to tell you. Like, um, you're like, I don't know what to tell you, young feller. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you, young feller. <laughs> young <Good> feller. <laughs> a young feller. <laughs> but I don't talk there, bud. Um, but before we get more into the Amazon world, which I think we're really interested in, um, what, tell us how you got into it and uh, what you're doing before and why why yeah, why great. you got into it and what you're doing before and yeah, how you kind of. That up, segued into it. Yeah, segued into it. I love this story because it's um, it's a really random one. Basically, I had a buddy who was into internet stuff like way back, like 2005 ish, in there somewhere. And he had bought a house beside me, and I was like the only guy my age to own a house. Mm-hmm. So, all my other buddies were hanging out, still living with their parents and stuff. Mm-hmm. But this guy moves in the house beside me, which was a friend's parents house and he moved into this house and I said, Oh, you're renting this off. So-and-so's mom. No, no, I bought it. I'm like, what? I asked him what he paid for. And we just were exchanging numbers that way. And I said, Oh yeah, it's your mortgage. Like whatever. And he, it came up that he had bought it cash. And I'm like, how'd you buy it cash? And he's like, well, I, I'm like, I don't believe you. He's telling me he worked road construction at like 16 bucks an hour and he saved up for three months and he had a horrible story. Horrible, <laughs> horrible liar, this guy. <laughs> horrible liar. So he tells me he saved up through road construction and this and that. And this went on for about a month. I didn't really question it much, but I was I was interested because I knew he was hiding something. Mm-hmm. One day, he opens his door to let me into his home, and he went to the bathroom or forgot. He forgot, he left his bedroom door open, though, and I heard all this humming. I'm like, what the hell's that? Let's go around the corner. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to find, right? I'm like, what's this going to be? It's like seven computer monitors on the wall, all running auto clickers. And here's Mafia Wars. The Facebook game. Oh. Yeah, it's all over the screen. It's running auto clickers. He's like farming like uh, pitchforks and guns and stuff. I'm like, what's going on here? He's like, I guess I can tell you now. I'm like, like, please do. That game was sweet back then. Yeah, I never played it, but I I remember everyone being into it. It looked like a fun game. Mm -hmm. So he explained to me that he would farm a bunch of things and he would level up these accounts. He have computers, separate ones running for each one of them. And the things he had farmed, he would sell. But I guess he networked himself some point where he could find people to sell these things to. Like the items, right? The items, yeah. yeah. J- just for the people that don't understand, what is farming? 
What do you mean by farming? Farming is just like playing a game until you collect like specific items that people can use in the game. To, so you're like, leveling up. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're building whatever up to a certain level. Yeah. Where yeah. you're obtaining all these little things, you got all yeah. this excess inventory, let's say, in yeah, your like arsenal. Of but when you're farming, <clears throat> it's kind of more automatic. Is that yeah. right? He's yeah. Using he made bots. It, yeah. He's yeah. using bots. He yeah. Made yeah. It fully yeah. automatic with auto clickers. Yeah. yeah. And. Yeah, basically, he knew this one guy. I didn't. When he was telling me this stuff, I'm like, "Come on, man! I'm like, let's, <laughs> let's be real here. You're, you're farming. You know, this is like this is like mid 2000s. So, mm-hmm. you know, to a lot of people, like for me to even really comprehend, I couldn't. Yeah. But I, I knew he, I knew there was something he was doing uh-huh. that was completely different from anyone else that I knew. Mm-hmm. So it, it intrigued me so much. So I kept asking him. He's like, "I'll show you my bank account information." And he started showing me the transactions coming into his bank account. And there was like this, he knew this guy from Miami who owned a casino who was addicted to this game, who would buy these guns and pitchforks off him. And like, he had like $5,000 come in one month from just this one guy. Some mob guy. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Some guys like just living on like, I love this shit still, you know, he's doing his thing, but he was buying all this stuff through this guy. And you know, what's so funny. If we're talking about the same guy, I think we are. Yeah. He, yeah. he, he showed me the same, the same thing. And I yeah, because he's, he's a mutual friend of ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's like, yo, look at my bank account. And I was like, I just met you. And he's like, look at all this money. Well, he started like, out like in his like, mom's what? basement or yeah, something yeah. on World of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making money on that stuff. huge. Yeah, World of Warcraft and Diablo. Yeah. Like, Diablo, I know, that I know was a lot one, of guys yeah. that were farming uh, stuff for them and selling just like really um, like rare items. Yeah. yeah. Like just like you have to level up to get it and yeah. X amount of this or that. Yeah. Because in World of Warcraft and also in uh, Diablo, people could, s- you could sell your characters. Like you could build it to a certain point and sell it. Mm-hmm. And people were paying like a shit ton of money because they were like, I don't want to spend all this time uh, actually building this character up, but I want to have like the notoriety of having this character leveled up to this certain point. So kids are just buying them yeah. like no other. Yeah. And it kind of brings you back to that whole Amazon, the potential like Amazon or online selling, mm-hmm. because you have all these little items that are worth something to somebody like five, 20 bucks a piece. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's not a bunch of money to make, but you, you take that and you tens times it, or you, you do it on a 30 times scale and you're selling to all these people, mm-hmm. you have this open market to sell to. Now those little transactions all add up mm-hmm. to something big, but he had, he had guys like individual guys spending like five grand a month on them. Crazy. So I had seen that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Back, I, yeah. Back to your story. Yeah, 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 him, yeah, and yeah. I, him and I were good friends, and yeah. I had seen this, and he was pretty open with me about it. And he he encouraged me to try it out, but it was kind of on the end of its lifespan because I think I think over in China they were doing a lot of um, they, they were able to do it a lot cheaper or something. Mm-hmm. He was saying, so they kind of ran him out of it. So him and I just kind of, we went to the oil field, worked in the oil field for a bit, tried that out. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, uh, how, how old were you at this point? Well, I'd have to say I was probably, I want to say 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I met him, I was probably about 17, 16 in there. Shit. And how old were you now? 29. <laughs> oh, you're, you're still young. You're not even past your 30s yet. Still a young yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, yes. just so people understand, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he um, basically just kind of, we kind of lost ways for a bit. We didn't talk much hang out because we just kind of got lost in life i don't know why yeah we're always been good friends though and uh one day i came out to calgary because he moved back out this way so i came out to visit him mm-hmm. and uh i go to we're going to bamp for the day so i go to put my blankets and my stuff into his trunk of his car and he's got 30 furbies in his trunk that's right furbies <laughs> furbies like you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had 30 furbies in his trunk i'm like dude what's going on what's this all about what are you on to now i said what or a weird fetish i don't know what the hell this is but you have to explain this to me and mm-hmm. and he says uh oh i'm flipping them i'm like you're flipping furbies he's like yeah i'm like are you actually physically flipping them over or are you making money on them he's like i'm making money on them I'm like, okay and then he kind of started telling me some of his profit margins and stuff and how he was doing it and I just thought it was so nuts because we're standing down at Marlboro on the, on the C train station and we're just talking, we're just hopping on the C train to go downtown to party or something. He's just telling me all these things and we're kind of exchanging ideas. And he was just working a job at the time, but doing this as a side hustle. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was kind of flipping some books and stuff. It's easier people start on Amazon. Yeah. Books. Flipping books, which is a really good, don't you flip books? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, not no more, but yeah, I used to. Why don't you flip books anymore? No time, man. That's, no, that's no time, time commitment. And then um, uh, I was buying so many from the supplier that they they stopped it because you were actually not allowed to sell it on Amazon. They blackballed them. Yeah. So they actually were like, no, you you signed an agreement that you wouldn't sell it on Amazon. I was like, oh, 
whatever. Oh, the person, your supplier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you're, you're not allowed to sell it online. Yeah, because if you don't have their authority, then exactly. their consent, you can't. Exactly. Yeah. I know. I've but... ran into a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into a lot of that stuff. But like, I don't read what they sent me. I just like, yeah, whatever. You know, it <laughs> was, it wasn't like a, a main thing, but like, yeah, it was like, um, when they stopped, I was like, I'm not going to push for this. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of times where, okay, there's this thing. It's like this. I can't remember what the law is called, but it's, it's when you buy something retail from a retailer uh-huh. and you go to sell, I can't remember the specific name for it, mm-hmm. but basically you, you have every right to sell it mm-hmm. online. So I've had manufacturers reach out to me and email me and say, Hey, this is for sale on your storefront. This isn't acceptable. And I'm like, well, no, this is within this guideline and technically it is. So they leave me alone. Yeah. Cause you own it. Yeah. But they've threatened me. Like they've actually sent me emails like, we'll shut your whole operation down and sue you. You gotta remove all these SKUs and, me and Kyle, one time when we used to be business partners, I was like, what do we do? And we just kind of both agreed, let's just see what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it worked out. So it's like they, they're, just, they're just talking talk, yeah. right? There's not much I can do. But when you actually have it's like a cease your supplier tell you no, yeah. then yeah, that's that's where things get hairy. Yeah. 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 They call it a cease and desist, I think. For the, oh, when they get a hold of you and tell you, you don't do this. Yeah, it was something like that. Oh, yeah. dude, they cut me out. Like, boom. Accounts blocked, no login, nothing. Just don't talk Amazon to me. Uh, no, or no, like no. Your wholesale the, the, the wholesaler account. Yeah. Just start a new email. Yeah. <laughs> Books and, are good if you have the um, the time for them. And that's They're where it is. Right now, it's like, we it's we didn't, I don't have the time right now, right? That's mm-hmm. why it's so hard to be like, okay, do I go this way or do I go this way to grow this business? Right? Yeah, exactly. So, you got to pick sometimes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. So. But books, they also like, if you can figure out a way to ch- uh, ship them for cheap, it opens up so much. Oh, books. Mm-hmm. Your books are heavy. They're heavy as hell, yeah. 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 You start putting them in a box, eh? I yeah. think Amazon's at like a 40 pound limit. Yeah. 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 So yeah. you start, you ship mating over 40 pounds and they bitch. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They get upset. Yeah. I've been seeing Amazon printing their own books, but they make them like really skinny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they make the book bigger and then it's like they're, it's less paper. Oh, really? And yeah. Like I got a couple of books from Amazon. That I was like thinking, I was like, oh, this is going to be a huge book. I got it. It's like only a 200 pager, but it's like flat and big now. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They're like, I actually, Whitney had something. This is my um, wife I'm talking about, Whitney. She has a book and it's like a book you would usually see like the big old hog, freaking heavy bad boy. But this mm-hmm. one's like, yay big, eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they made them bigger. Kind of looks like an agenda or something, right? Eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, to yeah, back, back to yeah, where you got started. Back to the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, how you got started into it, yeah. Yeah, so Furbies. I think we were at Furbies. <laughs> or, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so my uh, business partner at the time, before we were business partners, he um, he just had this idea with the Furby thing, and he said I could try it on my own. He said, go ahead, try it out, and see, see what you think. So the Furby thing, uh, I'm assuming he went to all the stores and bought them. And yeah. Just, so he was doing okay. like when we had target, I think at the time Yeah, yeah. we had targets or something, he was buying from targets, Walmarts mm-hmm. yeah. and maybe toys. I think toys R us actually Superstore, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Superstore has a toy department. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they were actually Superstore is independently owned. Mm-hmm. Their operations kind of like Canadian tires are. So I used to go around to Superstores and Canadian tires and make deals with managers. I'm like, mm-hmm. Hey, I see you got all these Furby. Hey, Got them up but, for 27 bucks a piece. How would I buy the whole lot for $17 a piece? <laughs> and then you sit there and barter with them, eh? It was weird. Really? Yeah, it was yeah. a really weird system. I heard about that too. Yeah. But you'd walk out with like a truckload of Furbies yeah. and you'd be flipping these bastards for like $17 into $100 American. And at the time when the exchange oh, was $1.40. Oh, because you shipped it to America. Cause, yeah, cause, yeah oh, it shipped to America. Yeah, exchange it was $1.40. Yeah. Oh, so man, you'd be. It was a 40%. Well, there was a shortage of Furbies in the United States. Yeah, then, weird. This is so funny. And then, and, and, <laughs> why? And the, why is short of Furbies? Because though? Furbies was a huge fad, right? And they came back. And Pink then, ones. Pink uh, ones were big, yeah. blue with white spots. And then what happened was like, uh, no one was buying them in Canada because it's not as big as the U.S. Weird. So that they essentially, everything in the U.S. is bigger. Everything's yeah. bigger in Texas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Think <like> that. <laughs> Look at the big belt buckles down there, eh? Yeah. My son wants ten Furbies, boy. <laughs> so you were flipping them. Uh, how much were you making a pop of a... Depends on, the, like, the, the thing is with Amazon, like, there's, like, say you go to the Furby listing yeah. for whatever Furby, and there's, God, this is ridiculous. There's a there's, <laughs> there's a selection where you can be like, well, there's, like, 16 different colors, right? Yeah. So some of them you'd make 10, 20 bucks on a piece. Yeah. There was ones where I'd make 100 or $200 a piece. Because of how rare it was. Because of how rare. Like, the, there's, like, a blue one with white spots or something. Oh, Weird. Cool. cool, though. I don't, I, we had, like, two left from this whole ordeal. And we sold them on Kijiji, and I one one person came, and the kid was so happy. My wife selling them at the door. I'm like, why are you selling that Furby? 
She's like, well, we got to get rid of all the stuff, this excess inventory we have in the basement. I'm like, yeah, but come on. Like, we got to keep one for, like, memory's sake, right? Yeah. But we, I couldn't turn the kid down. The kid was so happy. I just wanted to keep one, put it on the mantle, like, the one of the first products I flipped, eh? <laughs> Yeah. Bloody yeah. pink Furby. <laughs> <laughs> How much are they going for now? Are well, they? Are... I haven't checked, but I'm sure that, like, the it's problem. like anything at Amazon. Yeah. You go back, and the, if it's gone and it's been deleted, they don't make them anymore. They're not, they, they stop the press. Mm-hmm. I mean... A lot of these products are just ridiculous. They keep going up. That's why I know yeah. guys who specifically their business model, like 20% of their year is just flipping continuous products, sending them down, selling them right away. But they have 80% of their product is actually just holds. They'll mm-hmm. have a warehouse, they'll hold products, like specifically Lego stuff, mm-hmm. things like that. They'll hold this stuff for like a year or two because they can afford to, because mm-hmm. they got like working like, say they work with a $10 million capital base or something. Mm-hmm. So they can afford to hold X Star Wars Lego for you know, three years. And then all of a sudden now they paid 70 bucks a piece for it. Mm-hmm. It toys are us, you know, this year. And then three years down the road, they're selling it for 400 American a piece. Yeah. Cause it's like limited now. Yeah. 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 It's limited. Yeah. yeah. And you can, you can find them like, say for example, um, Lego made these, uh, Volkswagen Legos or these camper vans and stuff. Mm-hmm. Those are starting. You can see like the, I think it was a Volkswagen Beetle or something. Those are starting to go for way more. So mm-hmm. anyone who bought those a year ago and held on to them, they watched the end of the life. Like on Lego.com, you can kind of see, how rare a set's getting and if they're going to retire it soon. Mm-hmm. And usually they do within two, three years. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of like, if you, if you got experience with it, you're kind of watching Lego, you start paying attention to it. You can hold some of these Legos for like a, even a year and make, you know, double your money on them. Mm-hmm. So you got five grand sitting around. You want to put it down on Lego. Might not be a bad investment. Everyone's <laughs> doing Bitcoin, right? Yeah. Bitcoin. Yeah. You yeah. could be doing Legos. You could be doing Pokemon cards. <laughs> you Pokemon cards yeah, Pokemon are, right cards are crazy right now. Yeah. Yeah. We guy in a cowboy hat talking about Pokemon cards. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> what a weird guy. <laughs> no, because you, you, you got into it because you're also a collector, mm-hmm. right? So there's a lot of items that you collect and different like products as well, too, that they all generate income based on its limitation, like, like limits. And and uh, collectability of it as well too. Exactly, yeah. It's huge. And this is why recently, because I collect a lot of uh, Star Wars memorabilia, mm-hmm. and there's these series that I collect, and I've been collecting, like I've been hunting them down myself, and I find them, I put them in my collection. And my old business partner, he says to me, he says, "If you are so knowledgeable in Star Wars, and you know, like, why are you not flipping more of those?" He says, "What do you think of this one?" And he reaches out to me. He's like, why don't you flip Star Wars stuff? I'm like, ah, I don't know. I never really thought of it. And I started flipping Star Wars stuff because he brought it up. <laughs> now I'm giving him all these skews. I'm like, man, this one, there's going to be limited production. They're going you know, yeah. to print off X amount. Yeah. And they're going to be hard to find in Canada. So you can flip them on .ca. Uh-huh. And now he's like, we're just going to have on these Star Wars figures now. Yeah. You know, like I bought, for example, this Mandalorian credit collection guy. Yeah. I bought like 40 of these things. It was like a $1,500 investment and everyone on the Star Wars Black Series collector's page was making fun of me. They're like, oh no man, you this and that. Those things literally right when I bought them, a week later they sold out. They're 30 bucks a piece. They sold out. Now they're going for 79 a piece. Well, okay. when I checked last week, they mm-hmm. could be more now because yes. I knew they were in limited run and they're not going to make these again. Mm-hmm. Same with this Cara Dune character that just got fired. Yeah, you were telling me about that. Yeah, Gina Carano or something. Yeah. She got fired and yeah. right away I'm like, her merch is going to go through the roof. <laughs> so I went out and dropped like two grand on her figure from all the Toys R Us. Yeah, you drove around the whole city the whole city picking them up store by store you know (laughs) and trying to get like trying to pre-order them and trying to find the last bits because i knew they were going to blow up the next couple days and actually kyle had brought this to my attention he says what do you think of this i'm like there you go there's another one like i didn't even think of that Mm -hmm. i'm so obsessed with star wars i'm just thinking about myself i'm not thinking about my profits (laughs) so so i go i collect these all and as a a joke i post in this facebook group because everyone was like everyone they're lipping her off well she's not a good character she was one of my favorite characters so I knew the potential with this check with her figure. Why did they? Uh, wasn't she, she like on a she, protest? She said some or? stuff on uh, Twitter. Yeah, she went yeah. on controversial and she oh, went yeah, with yeah. all the votes were not counted. Yeah, right. oh yeah, yeah. I stay out of it all. Yeah. But yeah, she definitely went with the <laughs> yeah. whole right wing stuff. Yeah, and triggered a lot of left wing people who got her canceled, which is yeah. how it goes every yeah, time. Yeah, right. So she got kicked off the show, The Mandalorian, which yeah. is mind blowing. Yeah. Like they plan on bringing her character back with another actor. Yeah, actor crazy too. stuff. But I seen I she was a fan favorite. I thought she was awesome. Um, loved her role in the, in the series. So when I seen her get canceled mm-hmm. and they were saying they're halting all her merch, I'm like, I'm going out and I'm hunting this shit down. <laughs> so I hunt this shit down to 30 bucks a piece. And there's these people I posted in this collector's page, like just like a whole table of them, like about the table this size, just <laughs> loaded this figure. Eh? And this is a goof. I just, I'm yeah. like, Hey, look at this. I got all these car dunes. And I'm like, kind of like joking around. These guys are all making fun of me. Eh? Yeah. There's like the odd guy that would be like, 
you'd be like, man, that's a good move. But most of them are like, you're a fool. You're a bloody fool. She's going to be worth nothing. I'm like, that's not how this works. Supply and demand, baby. This figure is going to be worth huge. A week later, that $30 per figure investment was $200 a figure. U.S.? Yeah, you have. <laughs> but they fluctuate. They still fluctuate yeah. because like there's surges of them. Yeah. People are still finding them, and yeah. Yeah. so they're like it ranges from 150 American minimum mm-hmm. to about 200. I'm still holding. I don't hold them for a year. Yeah. I'm gonna wait till I can sell them for like 200 consistently yeah. or more. Who knows? Yeah. All day. Yeah, because they, 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 they when when they cut off the supply, but there's a huge demand. Mm-hmm. It's so obvious to see it. Yeah. But people who hated the character, they're like maybe these. A lot of these guys are middle aged guys, right? A bunch mm-hmm. of sexist guys and women kind of. <laughs> so, so you see this woman character is it's like it's like Carrie Fisher getting canceled. Yeah, you know, it's people just love the character and it's so obvious. Mm-hmm. So it's like making calls like that sometimes, which is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's actually a lot of fun. Like you just see these things and you're into collecting them. So you can just kind of see the potential in them. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to get with Pokemon right now. Because I, <laughs> I was into Pokemon, but like the Pokemon stuff kind of blows my mind. Is, is there like a, because you've been doing this for like, what, seven? I want to say six or seven six, years now, yeah. Like, other than Star Wars, like how did you find other things to flip and, and make money on? Like, are you just in the, you just are like in the trends with everything? Looking, You're supposed new? to be, I'm yeah. not. Yeah. But like, it's really going out and scanning, like, I know a lot of these courses, they try to say, go out and scan. Like, people are like, ah, oh, it's part of the pyramid scheme. It's like, you actually go out and scan. Like, what do you mean you go scan the products? Yeah, like, so you have the Amazon seller app. Yeah, and that's you go, you're doing the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, scan, yeah. but you have to know your numbers. So first you have to have a shipping structure. You have to know, like, you have to be able to look at a product and be able to break it down to know exactly a rough ballpark mm-hmm. and then give yourself, you know, give yourself some space to have the price crash a bit and move around. Mm-hmm. Same thing you do if you want to invest in a real estate property, mm-hmm. you want to cash flow, right? Just mm-hmm. different product, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all kind of the same theory, but, you know, you just, you before you go into it and you commit to dropping two grand on an action figure, you want to make sure the numbers are there and they make sense. Mm-hmm. So your shipping structure, like, I know I have X rate with UPS. I got a special corporate discount with them my second year in. Mm-hmm. So I got one of the best rates I can have with them without starting my own type of deal. Mm-hmm. And so I know exactly what it costs me per unit to ship per type of box. That's another reason why I don't switch my boxes. I use Home Depot smalls, mediums, larges. Mm-hmm. Usually, so, you know. so I know exactly what the dimensions are. Mm-hmm. I know how much the average weight is, which is about 30 to 38 pounds. And then I can figure out what each box is to ship. And then I can put that into my equation mm-hmm. on whether or not this product's going to work or not. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's, it's, it's a science. Yeah. It's a science, but it's easy once you do it. It's like anything. At yeah. first, you're just like scatterbrained. You're like... You're scared, right? You're going out there and scanning. like, this is never going to work. <laughs> you're like, it can work. But like, that's, and going back to my story, the actual linear part we were on earlier. Sorry. Well, yeah. yeah. There's so many tangents you can go off on, eh? How you got started, right? Yeah. I, th- I think we were at Furby's. We were at Furby's and me and my, my ex-business partner, who was my business partner at the time. Yeah. Before, actually, he wasn't at this time, but he became my business partner. Mm-hmm. He had these Furbies. I asked him, he told me about this system. And anyone else would have told me it was a nutcase, but I'd seen what he had done in the past, so I believed him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this guy's the kind of guy that will sit down and read a book, and he'll educate himself on something, and he'll go and do it. Kind of like what you do with real estate. Yeah, yeah. You can only educate yourself so far until you have to take action, yeah. and that's what he did. So he was making, I would say he's making more a grand a month, 1500 a month, mm-hmm. but him and I started to realize the potential of scaling that with more money you had, right? So mm-hmm. basically, I went back home. I was living in Manitoba at the time. I went back. And I told my parents about it and they're like, they've always been very supportive and everything I've ever done. So they were like, cool, try it out. And my girlfriend was like, yeah, whatever. She didn't think much of her. Dad thought I was kind of psychotic, but <laughs> basically I had nothing left. I had rent bills. I had a car payment. I had things coming out, but I had for my previous job, I just quit. I had, I think $2,000 saved up. So I went, I dropped two grand. I went to Staples, the Staples business depot or whatever. And I started scanning. I found computer mouse. I found like, oh God, there's little... scanning everything. Hey, just I scanned just, everything. Yeah. But back then, like now scanning can be really um, disencouraging when you go out because you scan, there's like nothing. So you got to scan like a hundred things to find one thing. Mm. Back then before everyone and their mom was doing it, you could go scan like 10 things and probably eight of the 10 things are profitable in the US. So, <laughs> so when you're scanning it, uh, you're seeing what it's selling at. And so like, let's say something you scan... Like you said, a mouse is selling for five bucks, and then you're like, "Oh, on Amazon, it's selling for thirty or twenty. Oh, okay, and then you just buy it all out. Yeah, you just find it, but you also want to check your rank. You want to make sure like it's got a good sales rank. Back then, there wasn't really a way to calculate rank like there is now. Yeah, and now you have apps like um, I can't remember. I don't know if it's Jungle Scout or yeah, I remember that's what my cousin uses. Yeah, Yeah, and they can tell you the ranks and your your sell through you know what you're estimated to sell per month, like Tactical Edge Mm -hmm. or Tactical Arbitrage, things like that. They'll tell you how many you're going to sell a month or whatever. But 
Um, yeah, like back then it was just kind of like you knew if it was a popular product and it had 200 reviews and there was a shortage for it in the States, you were like, okay, well, it's, it's a no brainer. Yeah, there's millions of people in front of this listing. It's going to, billions, whatever. It's going to sell, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, when I first had my only, the only two grand I had left, I put it into that and I was like, this, you know, I mean, the two grand is a lot of money. Like, I, that's all I had to get by. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't any work available. I couldn't really find anything that I wanted to do. But so I took that last two grand, I put it in, and I seen it come back within a couple of weeks. Wow. And what, I had what, almost. What did you buy? Do you remember what you bought? Computer mouse, um, some like weird, like Logitech stuff, like, mm-hmm. um, like, Adapt like charging pads or like hard drives or whatever, like weird things, random yeah, things. Yeah. Um, some of them were little Bluetooth speakers. Mm. And yeah, and basically I had not doubled my money, but I got like a 70 or an 80% return on that. I think it was $1,500 I put in. Mm-hmm. And I got it back mostly within two weeks. I was like, oh, this is how this works. And I, <laughs> I'm like, oh man. Yeah. So me and me and this guy were like, okay, like we should, we should figure a way to make this work together. And we should find a way because all we have, the only difference between making $1,500 a month on this and making a hundred grand a month is how much capital we have, which we yeah. don't have anything right now. Your investment. Yeah. We had nothing to our names. Like, I'm like, yeah. I got a car, but I, it's not worth anything. It's, you know, it's got payments on it. It was that Trans Am. Oh. That's the only car I had at the time. I had a Trans Am collector's edition, <laughs> but I still owed the bank a bunch of money for it. So, yeah, yeah. yeah so basically, um, we made a deal. He says, you own a house, don't you? And I own this house outright. It's a little mm-hmm. Killarney house down in Manitoba. And he's like, you can get a loan on that. I'm like, I know. He's, I said, maybe we do, do, do a loan. So we, I called someone, like, no idea what I'm doing. Eh? Yeah. Like, it, now I realize you can go to any bank you want. You yeah, you can refinance. Oh, they can give you the best rate. You can, you can get home equity line of credit. Probably. Yeah, like a line yeah, of yeah, exactly yeah, a line yeah. of credit. Yeah. I could have had like an awesome like quick twenty thirty grand to start my business. Yeah. But instead, I call this one shady outfit, and they're like, no, I don't think we can do anything for you. But they had a sister company. Who reached out to me? I'm like, and they're like, "Hey, man, we can hook you up with all this money and blah blah." I'm like, "Really? I'm like, Interesting." <laughs> so I called my my buddy who were at the time we're talking about being business partners. I'm like, "This guy offered me this." He's like, "Well, someone reached out to you." I'm like, "Yeah." It's like they know we want to do this. So we just thought we were being so slick, eh? Like, yeah, let's go through these guys. It's total loan shark company. Yeah. And when I'm sitting down, they they'd gone over the paperwork with us and told us what we need to do. Go to the lawyer yeah. in your local town, sign everything. So I go to my lawyer, and the lawyer is sitting there, and he says. This is ridiculous. He says, this is like, <laughs> he's, he's like, this is like 20% interest. 20%? That's a one-year deal. Oh, and if you don't pay it back in a year, you lose your house. Yeah. And I'm like, I know it sounds fucked up. <laughs> but you don't understand. It's Amazon, man. There's huge potential here. I'm like, I try to tell the lawyer. I'm like, I took $1,500 and turned it into three grand in two weeks. Imagine if I had 30 grand. He's like, and he's an older guy. He's like, no, this is nuts. I <laughs> highly recommend you don't do this. And when a, when a lawyer is highly recommending you don't do something, chances are he's probably not too far off from the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so I call, I call Kyle up and I say, this is the guy who's become my business partner at this moment. And I say, okay, this is the deal. There's this interest. It's a year. I'm going to lose my house. <laughs> we fucked this up. He's like, just do it, man. We need money. And you got like the reason we were so intrigued to do this was not only the, the returns we were seeing, but the fact that Target was going out at this time. Oh, yeah. Target was getting closed oh. down and it was Q4. Oh, so shit. You, we were seeing shit like, like you would send something to Amazon, it would be gone that day and you'd have like a 80% ROI on it. Oh. So we were like, Oh my God, we got to do this. I'm just like, I couldn't, I couldn't have accepted that loan fast enough. Yeah. So we got the loan and that's how we started our business and we worked our asses off. We lived in shitty situations. Just let, let me interject there. I think that's um, uh, a huge risk and massive. It was like an all in point. You so know? I had in my life that, that, that like, it was my first start in real estate and I was very proud of that. Mm-hmm. And I knew that was what was going to set me up in mm-hmm. life as far as being self-employed. Mm-hmm. But this other one was like, eh, this is something that's very lucrative. No, but what I'm trying to say is like, I feel like a lot of people aren't willing to take that risk, yeah. even though the lawyers and I'm just talking with the entrepreneurs right now and like people that are, I agree. you know, yeah. uh, hesitant to, to do or make a move. Like what you did was risky, you know, uh, I don't know if it was 20%. Interest. It ended up being 30%. 30% interest. on a $25,000 loan. I had to pay back yeah. like 50 grand or something. That's oh, crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, that but, that, but that's what, what, that's what it took. That's what it took. Right. Yeah. And, um, and you learned a lot. I could have been smarter. Obviously yeah. I could have, I could have got an actual home line of credit, Yeah. which now I'm, I'm, I'm way, if I could put myself in my shoes back then, mm-hmm. different of course, ball game. of course. Right. But I feel like, yeah, a lot of things happen. Like, um, people think it's, it's luck. And I think it is a lot of luck. There's mm-hmm. a lot of luck there, but it's also that willingness 
to put yourself in that position yeah. Yeah. and work for it. Like yeah. no one's just getting something handed to them. That doesn't yeah. work that way. Exactly. Like, there's luck and it's luck and commitment and taking that risk. Right. Mm-hmm. I think just like no risk, no reward. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing that you were saying before, it's like, um, knowledge, like you, you know, the business, right. And it's just about application. So you had the knowledge about it and you knew the numbers of it so well enough that you were willing to mitigate the risk of that interest rate because you knew the benefit of it. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that's like, once you have like good knowledge about something, it actually minimizes the risk. Sums up commercial lending, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. 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 You have to minimize your risk. Well, you're you're thinking like, okay, let's say 30% interest rate and I can make, you know, 200. That's huge. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's worth it. Right. Yeah. But yeah, as I was saying, I I think uh, that's what a, a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with, right? Like, do I take that risk? Yeah. And they a lot of people don't because they don't, yeah. they're not willing to like basically throw that hat over. Yeah, because man, like, like I don't know what how much you borrowed, but you're willing to lose your house over that, right? Mm-hmm. And that, I only that, borrowed like, yeah, I think it was twenty five. The greasiest part was oh man, <laughs> they were like, here's this hole, okay, yeah. and because they had to set it up. Where they could screw me in the worst way possible, I think they just wanted to make sure they were. So they, they, yeah, they made it so it was like a, like a, almost like a builder's mortgage or something. Yeah. Hey, you get the house done because I, I, I had to say on paper it was for home renovations. So oh. they had released me fifteen, mm-hmm. and then you get the cabinets done. So I had to have a contractor make up this cabinet job for me. So they released the rest of the funds. They were so, and they basically screwed us. So that Q four was kind of a mess. We didn't have the money until like early December, and by the time the the film centers get so crowded with shipping. Uh, that you can't get your products in there fast enough to sell. Mm-hmm. So it kind of screwed us in a lot of ways having that. But at the same time, I mean, it's what founded our yeah. business, having that access to that capital. I feel like it's just like a, a big leap of faith. Huge and, leap of faith. And uh, a lot of people aren't willing to even do that because either the fear of failure or just like the fear of monetary loss, all those things, right? Like a lot of times people aren't willing to take those risks because that's just what we're not used to, right? Mm-hmm. So like you going to go and do that, I feel like, you created all this because of that leap of faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think and that's what people don't see, right? They don't the, see yeah, that. Yeah. They don't, it's, yeah. you know, and that's why it's kind of a weird thing. Leaving a small town, coming from a small town is that a lot of your friends don't understand that. Yeah. So over the years, I mean, you kind of grow and you find different ways, but mm-hmm. yeah, they don't, they just think that like, a lot of people, I remember when I, when I first started this, they're like, Oh, you locked out. And they'd, you'd hear the echoes. Eh? You'd hear them, you small town out. rumors and he locked out and, you know, inher- there was this rumor going on about inheritance I had and all this. And like, you You're like, you bitches. don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> you sons of bitches have no I idea. I was sitting across the lawyer, and they said not to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a yeah, scene yeah. out of a movie, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I highly recommend against yeah. this. I'm yeah. like, well, you see. Yeah. Yeah. Amazon. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you, you believed in it so much. Yeah, I believed in it. Well, because I was I was fortunate enough to be able to try it first. Mm-hmm. And even that was a huge risk, because I had a car payment coming out and rent and all this. And it was still a risk, because I had to make sure this money came back to me, and it did within two weeks. Mm-hmm. So that was my first risk, but I was lucky and fortunate enough to be able to try it first yeah, and then yeah. see that huge return. On a smaller scale, yeah. On a yeah, small yeah, scale. And yeah. I'm like, hey, this, there's no way this can't work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, then we had to buckle down to make sure that thing got where it needed to be. We had, we, had, we eventually had to do, um, we wanted to keep the capital flowing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at this point, it was a year later, I think we had generated probably a hundred to two hundred thousand dollar capital base off within our first year. Oh shit. So we So bas- you, you almost like five X your money. Yeah. yeah. So, so we basically and we had a lot of a lot of operating expense too, yeah. a lot of overhead. How how was that? Uh how much work was that the first year then? First Did- year we lived in a really greasy situation. We lived in a- <laughs> Where were you? In, still in Killarney at that time? No, I moved to Calgary, I made oh, okay. the commitment. Yeah. Um my girlfriend stayed in uh Brandon while I left. And I came out here and I was living in the, me and Kyle had rented this basement when we became business partners, a little basement suite, which was kind of an off deal. The guy had no, he was renting the house mm-hmm. and this basement was not meant for anyone to live in, mm-hmm. but it was cheap. It was like 700 bucks a month mm-hmm. and it had carpet on the floor. You know, <laughs> his room, of course, Kyle, he, he got the place before I moved out. So he yeah. picked the big room with the heater blowing out of the ceiling. I had the, the utility closet. Yeah. With no, so really? yeah. It was, it was, uh, yeah, it was basically a fucking utility closet <laughs> with carpet and some paint on the walls. No heater in there though. Right. Yeah. So it was cold winters. There was nights. I don't know if I should talk about this, but there's nights where we had an no, air no, mattress. No, no, we want to hear this. this okay, is, yeah, yeah. we had an air mattress. We'd sleep together on an air mattress. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fucking kidding. <laughs> we would sleep together on an air mattress, and he'd be like, 
He's like, don't do me that gay shit tonight. I'm like, what gay shit? He's like, you get all drunk and he says, you just, that thing you, I'm like, I'm not trying to cuddle with you, man. Yeah, I'm just trying to stay warm. <laughs> <laughs> stay warm, dude. <laughs> oh God, broke back mountain. Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, so we would, we would do like, we would live like this because what would happen is we would get a payout from Amazon because Amazon used to do this thing where they pay you daily. Yeah. When we got on, it was every, bi-weekly, two weeks. So we would flip 10 grand worth of capital and send down a product and then pay our shipping bill and we'd have nothing. We'd do this all in one. This is how we knew we needed a bigger capital base because we would work for two days and be stagnant for almost two weeks, like 13 mm-hmm. days till we got a payout to go hit stores again. Mm-hmm. So we would sit down there and we would be like, what are we going to do today? We, we, we were so, that's why we worked so well together because we were so cheap. We wouldn't go out and like most guys who have a hundred grand in their bank account, yep. when they have a hundred grand come in, they're going to buy a new truck or they're going to yeah, yeah. go out and party. We wouldn't. Yep. We go buy Sawmill Creek. I forget the name. Sawmill Creek Chardonnay wine. So it's like a $6 bottle of wine and we'd split that. That's we'd sit awesome. down there and watch Trailer Park Boys yeah. and just bang back little <laughs> bottles of wine. Right. And we'd get shit faced. And yeah, it was really funny. But yeah, so we would, we lived like vagrants for probably... God, I want to say the first six months, four months until we got a townhouse. Yeah. And even that was kind of a shitty living situation because the neighbor next door was a hooker, eh? <laughs> I don't know if she was a hooker, but she had a you lot, of different, yeah, she had a lot yeah. of different guys over, eh? Yeah. And this was in the spring when your your windows open at night and you hear the crickets. But, yeah. no, you yeah. just heard her getting getting her game on, eh? You're like, is that Kyle over there? <laughs> well, we'd sit there at the video and then I would moan back out the window, you know? And then she would, she, like, she'd get turned on by it, I guess, keep moaning louder. So I'm like, we got to get the hell out of here. Like, we're, we're businessmen now. We need to get to a place. So we went we to a house in North Calgary, um, Sherwood Mount, mm-hmm. yeah. up there. So we rented nice a really area. nice luxury home. Yeah, and we yeah. started running the business out of there. Mm. That's sweet. Yeah, but like, at first, when we were living in this guy's basement, like, this guy, yeah. you don't understand. No. This guy was like, he was an old pervert or something. Did, we, did, he, did he come sleep with you guys? I, it's like dude. a guy from Family Guy. <laughs> he was like the, yeah. the Herman guy, yeah. the pedophile from yeah. Yeah. Family yeah. Guy. He yeah. was like that guy. He, <laughs> he, was, he was like a big, like uh, overweight version of him, eh? Yeah. And we'd come in the house at night after doing a retail run, we'd have like bags of Toys R Us shit and Walmart. and We'd come in and he had his computer facing. So when you come in the front door, his computer was facing you. And every time you walk in, he'd have porn on it. Just conveniently. And he'd turn around and he'd be like, hi boys. We'd be like, Whoa, man! Is this really happening? Like he was—he was totally into Kyle for sure. Yeah, I don't—I like, don't, I don't know his game, but anyways, the grossest thing was is that he would urinate on the floor what? up by the toilet. We had to share a bathroom with him. What? There'd be poop on the light switches. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's like poop on the oh. toilet paper roll. Where was this? This was um, Southland Drive, down oh, the Dirty yeah. South there. Damn. Yeah, down just by the Walmart down there. Yeah, yeah. God damn, I'll never forget that. That's how I know. That's how I knew we were going to make it. I'm like, if we're putting up with this shit and we're both okay with this for now. Yeah. Like, we're going to we're we'll gonna survive. do something. We're going to survive. <laughs> and we would, life would get better and better and better because yeah, yeah, yeah. we'd keep moving on and trying to upgrade. But we were very modest and yeah. humble. Like, no one would ever know that we were doing this thing because we were super lucrative about it. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't even tell people. We didn't want to share it with anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now everyone's a guru on it and they're sharing it with everybody. But Which is what I think the route we should have went was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sold your secrets. Should have sold their secrets, yeah, yeah. Because back then they were gold. Yeah. Like, if we would have started a course back then, uh-huh. I just couldn't do the cringy stuff, eh? Cost, you could be charging five grand a pop. Yeah, yeah, well, back then it was like, hey, you know, if you started, like, an ad that was like, hey, I was fucking in this CRV last week, and now I'm in a Ferrari. Yeah. You want to know how to be sick yeah. like me? <laughs> fucking Amazon, bro. <laughs> like, I wasn't about that. Yeah. And Lope. I should have been. You, you should have. Ty Lopez, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you about my... Uh, my truck outside, but I am going to tell you about is my, my books. knowledge. My yeah. books. <laughs> my, my books I flip on Amazon. <laughs> Five bucks into 30. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing but tandies, baby. Look, different ball game. Weird place. Weird but that's, place. that's an awesome story, man. I love to hear stories that like you're grinding, Startup. starting it up and, you know. That actually it's, got me yeah. into hearing other people's stories. Is once yeah. I seen that, I'm like, I started to kind of network and meet other people. I was yeah. like, holy shit! I used to hate people. Yeah. I got picked on in school, so I hated people. Mm-hmm. I, I liked people. I was like, I was always a social guy, going to parties, having a good time. But like being in the city amongst people, I just hated them. Mm-hmm. I hated the way they drove, moving here. Like I'm from a small town, so when guys flipping you off beside you in traffic, you know, I hated people. Mm-hmm. But now I'm at the point where I just love people. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just like, okay, everyone's got a unique story. Mm-hmm. What they are in traffic isn't what they are in real life. Yeah, yeah. They're just they're just broken. It's just, it's just a bad day. <laughs> it is a bad day. I don't take it home with you. Eh? Mm-hmm. It's a big learning curve from the city for sure. Mm-hmm. Come from a town of 2,000 people. Mm-hmm. Coming to this place, was it 1.2 million? We're almost at 1.5 now, man. Whoa. Yeah. See, last time I checked, yeah. it was like six. It's like 1.4 or something. I just Googled it, actually. Clearly like, growing. Yeah. 
It, it's growing actually a lot this year. So they wouldn't be building all these, you know, this new infrastructure and things like that if it wasn't. Yeah. Well, half of them are empty right now downtown. But, yeah, that's true. Eh? But, a lot uh, of the condo stuff's pretty. I think bad. it's gonna get filled up. I yeah. think it's gonna get filled up. But just the highways, like even Stony Trail, connecting oh, yeah. all that stuff. Like, yeah, well, for we are in Black Diamond. Yeah, yeah. You know, connecting that down there. Like for me to come to the city now, different ball game when that ring road's done. Because yeah. I access the south part of it. I was still here in 53 minutes or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But once that ring road's done and I can actually get onto it, mm-hmm. oh man, I'd be here in probably 40 minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of doing that back road stuff in 20 different turns. Yeah. Cause you're about an hour away just going down the cloud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Say if I want to, like last week I came in to go to somewhere's da- right downtown Calgary mm-hmm. and it took me exactly one hour. Yeah. Which is good. I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with that. It gets me away from the city and disconnects a bit. Close, I like close enough. Yeah. I don't think I've ever lived in the city again. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. Yeah. My neighbors didn't like the loud cars. Well, all the cars sitting outside. <laughs> yeah, I look like yeah, I literally I had people coming by. Yeah. Bylaw coming by be like, you got a permit to run this business? I'm like, what business? They're like, you got all these these hot rods out here and stuff. I'm like, no, these are mine. <laughs> They're like, no, you're not running an auto body shop. You're always fixing them and changing the engines. I'm like, no, like these are mine. <laughs> the one guy actually, you got a fucking problem. <laughs> I'm like, I do. It's pretty unhealthy. It's, I mean, it's better than a drug addiction, right? But yeah, that's the part of the collection, the cars too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like collecting cars. I don't. Tanner, you you've had, you built a good business, you know, e-commerce. Um, what would you say the biggest lessons you've learned in the last, you know, three four years building the business and and growing it to where it's at right now? Through business, yeah. Hmm. I feel like. I've learned so much and like, I mean, just how like everything from like how to streamline things mm-hmm. and make them, you know, a lot like reduce your overhead and things like that. And all these little mistakes you make, there's so many things mm-hmm. I couldn't begin to even really nail one out. I mean, mm-hmm. I, a lot of life lessons, mm-hmm. a lot of life lessons, um, like friends, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think people friend, you keep around, people you keep around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of the three people or five people or whatever. Yeah, the average of the five people you spend the most time with. That's a huge one in the last five years of my life. Mm. That's a massive one. That That's a game. Once you realize that and you let go of people who don't serve you anymore mm-hmm. and you start bringing people to your life who share the same ideals with you mm-hmm. and they want to grow, you know, and you can talk, that's a huge one that I've learned. And I kind of, the funny thing is, is that I learned that through this business mm-hmm. because this business actually, like, I always thought, oh man, these guys start their businesses. What a bunch of assholes. They don't talk to regular folk. You know, they, 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 <laughs> there's always this divide. I'm self-employed, man. I work for the man. It's like, who cares? Yeah. But like that comes up when you become self-employed and you're from a small town, a lot of people give you the cold shoulder. They just, yeah. man, fuck this guy. He thinks he's sweet. It's like, yeah. no, I just... you're just out here grinding trying to make a living right i want to say i was like when i started i was probably like compared to anyone i know i was super humble like Mm -hmm. i never talked about money and i always asked people about them i never talked about myself Mm -hmm. so that's why that's how i knew because i had myself in check so that's how i knew that a lot of people just turned off me whether it be envy or just simply not understanding i don't know but that that's the main game changer from the start of this business about six seven years ago to date and more specifically in the last two, three years that I've actually realized it mm-hmm. is that um, the people around you, they change, things change, and uh, you know who's there and they were there before. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of them that just don't fit the picture anymore. And sometimes they think it's because you think you're some special person now because you're self-employed and they try to say that. Yeah. I've had that. Oh, you think you're better now? It's like, no, I just don't. I, I don't know. I just don't. You don't have time for shit. You don't have time for shit. Yeah. You yeah. don't have time for shit. No, yeah. there's no time for that. There's no time for this. You know, I want to see my friends succeed mm-hmm. and I've tried, I've tried to work on people. I've tried to work on people um, who I see, who I see huge, huge potential in everybody. I think that's my gift. I see if I meet someone who's in a rough place, I instantly see huge potential in them. I see what they're capable of, mm-hmm. but I used to hang on to that so much. I used to hang on to it and I used to think, well, this person's going this place. I can't wait till they finally realize, but a lot of times they wouldn't. And I have to learn when to let go Yeah, and to move on to new friendships and, you know, find that sum, that sum of five. It's like the quote, they say like, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) That's bang on. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, especially the older you get to, you're starting to realize that too, right? Cause that's an age thing for sure. Yeah, Wisdom. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you, you don't have time for bullshit and it is harder, mm-hmm. but, um, I, I realized too, uh, this is like one of my favorite quotes. Like they're going to judge you regardless, whether you're at the bottom, if you're, if you're, if you're failing, they're going to judge you. Right. 
And if you're at the top, they're going to judge you. Mm-hmm. So you just got to keep doing what you're doing because yeah. regardless, people just judge, man. It's just, you yeah. can't stop that, right? Yeah. So. I feel like I, judgment does not affect me mm-hmm. as long as I keep myself in check. Exactly. Yeah. That's it, the hardest thing. Yeah. yeah. I heard, I heard, and I've been doing this for years, but for so many years, I didn't listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. I didn't surround myself with people who have a similar outlook on life as me. So for me, it was just me always trying to analyze myself. Like, okay, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm being, uh, I'm being an asshole here. I'm being this here. I need to straighten up here, here. And always constantly being able to get comfortable with calling myself out. Mm-hmm. And because I know that's what it takes to get to the next level. Yeah. So one day I was listening to like Joe Rogan's podcast. He had Mike Tyson on there mm-hmm. and they had brought up that. Yeah. Like the greatest people are able to look at themselves from the outside mm-hmm. and say, Hey, you're being this and mm-hmm. you need to be this. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to call yourself out. And to, because you can't get to that next level if you're just this one thing holding you back. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's been a huge, huge thing for me in the past. I, I think self-awareness. Self-awareness. Yeah. yeah self-awareness. Just exactly. to be yeah. able that's to be a self-aware yeah. of who you're being. And if you're not happy with who you're being, being able to address that without yeah. being like, oh, this is me, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because you're, you could actually like, it's so, it's very hard to change, but as long as you're aware that you aren't who you are or not who you want to be you can change you can change Mm -hmm. right yeah it comes down to like mindset yeah Mm -hmm. because like you are only uh like your capability is only within the box of your mindset but if you are able to be self-aware and understand yourself and where your limitations are and instead of uh like just pushing that aside actually working on it you can increase your box Mm -hmm. and then your mindset is greater and then you're you're coming in with different things and different problems with different mindsets. Mm-hmm. And that just comes with like time experience, wisdom, all that stuff. Right. And the best way to learn is actually from other people's mistakes, right? Like podcasts. Books. Oh, I love oh, people dude. as a wealth Mentors. of knowledge. Yeah, we, like, we get so much from this podcast. Even just yeah. talking with, yeah. you know, I love that. Like, that's, yeah. that's another thing yeah. about the last yeah. five years of my life yeah. is learning that that's very important. Yeah. Is using like looking not you sorry I shouldn't say using people but when you, <laughs> when you see someone that has something you want yeah. and they have the knowledge I don't care if I look like an idiot asking a question I couldn't give a shit less yeah because chances are they've been there and they're gonna understand mm-hmm. and if they don't well maybe they got something to work on themselves mm-hmm. yeah. but it's it's looking at someone's like that guy's a well like for me trying to start my own shipping company right now I look at people who currently cross the border every day mm-hmm. or have started their own shipping company as literally the key to my success. Mm-hmm. If I don't look at them that way, like I have to, because then I'm calling them. I'm like, I don't care what they think. I'm going to call them, phone them, call them, text them, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I can I can leverage their knowledge and and apply it to what I'm doing, which yeah. is hugely important. Yeah. Yeah. Hugely. Yeah. Have you ever heard of like the laws of 33? No. So there's this, this concept that they call, it's called the laws of 33. So like they say that you should be spending 33% of your time with people that are at a position of where you want to be in life, uh, whether it's like audiobooks, uh, podcasts, uh, like a mentor, like someone that is actually doing what you want to do in life that lives the life that you want to live because they've already done it mm-hmm. and they're willing to share that information with you. The, the second 33 percentile is the people that are, are like you, right? So that they're, they're people that you're around like friends, family, similar mindset, um, it kind of keeps you humble and grounded that like that you're spending this time with these people uh, in the 33% because they're, they're like you, similar to you, right? And then the other 33% is to spend time with people who are less fortunate with you. So this comes in with like volunteering. Mentoring. Like a philanthropy, yeah. mentoring, mentoring people that want to be where you're at because it gives you gratitude of where these people are and then the humbleness and then also direction in the future where you want to be in three, 33% of your life. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's something if I were to actually implement that into my life, yeah. anybody were, that would be such a huge help. Yeah. I mean, it's just things you're not aware of. That's in your life. Yeah. You can't help but grow, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Having a structure like that. Yeah, it gives you balance. And that's something I've learned the last, another thing I've learned the last five years is learning how to help, want to help other people. Yeah. Um. And not just like, I, I don't think the purpose of life, I know the purpose of life isn't just to be all about you and, hey, I'm going to grow, I'm going to grow. But yeah, yeah I want to help people now. And I didn't want to before, mm-hmm. but that's another thing my um, girlfriend's helped me with because she started this whole uh, coaching thing she's been doing and helping people through breath work and things like that. Yoga. Yeah. yeah. And yoga. And she's taught me now, well, how can I help other people? So now I'm, when I see someone, if I see they're motivated and I see that they want a change in their life. And I see that I use that potential that I see in people like gift I have to mm-hmm. be like now, okay, well, I want to help guide them mm-hmm. because there's so many things people can learn, but something they're not aware of it sometimes. Like yeah. this is all a learning game. It comes with age. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, it's just like me learning about this 33% thing. I've never, yeah. 
I've heard of something similar to that, like the yeah. sum of the five or whatever, but yeah. I mean, this is the, that's the next level, right? Yeah. That is the next level. I actually learned that in a Ty Lopez class. Yeah, Ty Lopez is, I mean, <laughs> as much as people, that's what, that's the controversial yeah. shit like that. People are like, oh man, Ty Lopez's books, and they get a little yeah. cringed out by it. I think yeah. that's because of an insecurity within themselves. Yeah. When I seen that shit when he first came home, I'm like, oh yeah, I hear another pyramid scheme. And I mean, he did, <laughs> I think he kind of sold himself in the beginning, but he rented a Lamborghini, I'm pretty sure. He owns all his cars now. But now, yeah. for sure. But I think when he started, he was like, fake it till you make it type shit. No, but I don't know. He was actually a multimillionaire before that. Was he? Yeah. Okay, selling, so then I didn't selling know. Selling books. But the people, what do the haters say though? Yeah. Haters like, man, fuck that guy. He rented a Lamborghini. It yeah. kind of trickled down into me, right? Yeah. But I know that mm-hmm. he is super successful. I've seen him on people's podcasts yeah. and talk shows. Mm-hmm. He's legit. But uh, yeah, well, uh, last question for you, uh, Tanner, before we wrap this up is, um, you know, what advice can you give someone that's starting to look into e-commerce? Yeah. You know, like they're like, hey, starting a business, starting a business in e-commerce and they're just like, what do I do? Where to start? Like what, what advice can you give someone that uh, is looking to start that venture right now? I would say um, give your head a shake. <laughs> Make sure you know what you're looking at okay. and what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Believe in yourself. And when people tell you you're nuts – Make sure you know enough about what you're doing and what you want to do to make sure that they're not they're not right. You know, <laughs> make, make sure make sure you know where you're going. Right? Got it. Um, got it. Don't you know? Like follow follow what you want to follow. Believe in yourself. It just sounds cheesy, but I mean, it is. I mean, like yeah. I used to think it was nuts. Some people would say, "Believe in yourself. Do this thing. You can do it." It's like ah, whatever, man. But it is. It's no, literally that's true. Like, it's true. It's literally yeah. the self belief yeah. that you can do it. Yeah. And a lot of people don't have that. And they're, they're born in families and they're, they don't have the structure in their life for anyone to support them to do that. Totally. That's one of the the biggest number one failure I've seen in a lot of my friends mm. is that the, their people around them don't believe they can do it. So yeah. they tell them, oh, you're crazy. No, it's, it's a mm. dream. It's a mm. pipe dream. The naysayers. The naysayers. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people listen to the naysayers. And for me, I was, I was fortunate enough to have a lot of structure in my life for my, my parents raised me with the belief, like my grandpa was a huge businessman he was um one of canada's first mobile welders he worked at the shipyards down in vancouver mm-hmm. and uh he was worth millions and i always grew up knowing that so i always knew it was possible but i always when i got into this i asked myself like what if i didn't have grandpa as an example my parents tell me about him growing up yeah like because that's been my structure to always believe that i can do it mm-hmm. it's just that we had someone self-employed in the family who was very successful mm-hmm. legacy but, yeah mm-hmm. my parents said you can do that if you want but yeah. I, now I imagine like a lot of my friends, peers, like they, they don't have that. No one told them that they can do it. So when mm. they go to try it, they think they're nuts. Mm. You know, maybe I'm crazy, you know, and the yeah. self-doubt comes in. Yeah. yeah. Which is, yeah, I think that's a huge one is um, you, you keep yourself in check. Make sure you know what direction you're heading mm. so you can make sure the naysayers aren't, yeah. you know, aren't right. I feel like it's like the fail of success as well. Like it's like people would rather keep them down than to actually succeed and take the risk. A lot of people in your life who are on the same level as you, Mm -hmm. um, they don't want to see you succeed in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Like I noticed that being from a small town is that because everyone else was doing the same thing and we all grew up together that when I became successful, a lot of them didn't see that. They thought, oh, he was the same as me five years ago. The difference was that I took a huge risk and I and I challenged myself and I wanted to grow and I moved away from my hometown. Mm. So a lot of them just see it as like, oh, he's just, he got an inheritance or something. Yeah. Mm. So I had a lot of naysayers, but the, the most important people to me were my structure. And I feel like that a lot of people don't have that. Yeah. It's almost like a sheep herd mentality. They want everyone to be the same. It is. And people don't like that conversation either. They think, well, yeah. the sheep, because a lot of times it's applied to some, like you get this whole coronavirus thing and the sheep and somebody's like, oh, these cool sheep, but they're doing their thing. It's, I stay out of that. But when it comes down to how we are programmed, how we go to school, the way yeah. we kind of comprehend things, what we're raised to do. Yeah. yeah. There is a lot of the sheep and wolf mentality, right? And it's, what? it's trying to find a good mixture of still being able to you know, yeah. not it's because a lot of people, they get lost. And they're like, I'm a fucking wolf. I'm number one. I'm better than everybody. It's like, no, no, you're not. You're the, you're human just like everybody else. Yeah. Your mentality is different, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's why you say like, you know, you don't look upon yourself as better than anybody else, whether you have a successful venture or not, mm-hmm. but to, um, be humble and to be balanced, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would also say, um, just end, end it. Yeah, you're your biggest competition. And I yeah. think people don't realize that. Yeah. The only competition yeah. you should have is yourself. yourself. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. Your biggest competition um, is yourself for yeah. sure. Your, your mind structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mindset. Your mindset, where you want to go, where you've been. Yeah. yeah. How you're going to apply that to your future. 
Awesome. Any, I'd like to give this opportunity, any last words, anything you want to say, Tanner, before wrapping this up? Can I flex my YouTube channel? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. <laughs> Tanner Oster's like Garage, hit that shit up. Yeah. I got a new venture. I'm doing a YouTube channel, a lot of car burnouts, car stuff, snowmobiling, snowboarding trips, things like that. I got an Instagram that's Tire Roasters Garage, and that's uh, kind of where it I'm is at. what Tire Roasters Garage. Tire Roasters Garage. Yeah. Tire Roasters I just one word. You. Yeah. Yeah, and garage separate word, but yeah, it's just all car shit, sledding, mm-hmm. snowboarding, yeah. some traveling. It's basically send material, right? Yeah. Send it. Give her. <laughs> Give her. It's, it's actually pretty Give legit. Her, eh? it's, it, I I keep things honest, and it's legit Canadian content. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so if you're into the the goofy send it kind of lifestyle, yeah. I'm your guy. What about your Amazon store? My Amazon store. That's a weird one because like. I don't know. It's like you can tell people your store from, but they can go in there. My God, this guy's fucking selling Furbies and chocolate bars. <laughs> a lot of people don't give a shit what I sell. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, it's just because I have the, the the market of millions of people. It's like I want this thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if I tell people my storefront name right now, they're like, oh, it's Redox Retail. Yeah. Don't fucking drop me no negative reviews. <laughs> I want to fuck this guy up. But yeah, yeah so basically. Um, so they can reach you and like talk to you if they want to at the Tire Roasters. Tire Roasters Garage, okay. YouTube, and um, Instagram. And then my yeah. Facebook's Tanner O'Crane. Yeah, yes. Reach out to me. Yeah. I'm always willing to uh, have a conversation. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tanner. Thanks, Tanner. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> awesome podcast. <laughs>